We are using the Stations of the Cross as a framework to retrace Jesus's journey through death and resurrection. If you didn't join us last week, Pastor Doug kicked off the season of Lent through Ash Wednesday talking about station number one, where Jesus was condemned to death. In the scripture you just heard, I'm going to kind of give you some context of what all of that means for Jesus in this station. So back in this time, it was customary to humiliate a prisoner that was condemned to death by stripping him of his clothes, putting him up on a pole, humiliating him, beating him, and mocking him until the risk of death was too high, and then removing them from the pole and reclothing the prisoner and putting the cross on the shoulders of the prisoner and forcing him to walk through the streets with the weight of the cross on his back to the point of death. This is where Jesus was in station number two of the stations of the cross. And this is where the journey to execution and physical pain began for Jesus. My name is Annalise, and today I'm going to share a story with you that doesn't even come close to the physical pain that Jesus experienced. But it is also about pain and weakness and coming close to the end of your physical self. I grew up thinking, like every other kid, that I had no limitations. Life was going to be perfect. Everything was great. I could do anything I wanted and that nothing could ever stop me. It's that sense of being immortal, right? I, I was that. I was dreamed of that. I thought that could be, could be my life. And as I grew through middle school and high school, my body started to change. As it does, that's normal, but in ways that I never expected um, would be normal for me. At this point in my story, I was starting to pursue my dreams of becoming a musician. I started to write my own music. I was performing. Things were coming together. My master plan that I had come up with as a kid, sitting in front of the TV watching American Idol, were coming true. And everything was just as I imagined it would be. What more could I want? But then there was this huge physical limitation. The reality of life hitting me like a train, contrary to my belief as a child, that life could be limitless and perfect and immortal. I was 14 years old, experiencing widespread chronic pain, fighting through intense symptoms of depression, and awake through endless sleepless nights, the worst part being that I had no idea what was going on. Over the next couple of years, we started to pursue what that might be, what was going on in my body. I received every treatment under the sun. I visited over 15 specialists and doctors that attempted to treat me, and I received enough false diagnoses to probably build a lawsuit. I was told it was all in my head more times than I would ever like to admit. Every day that went by without clarity, without an answer, I felt even weaker, I felt more alone, and I felt more misunderstood than the day before. And at the end of the day, it was just me and God. I would pour my heart into the creative outlets that I had been pursuing the last couple years through piano, through songwriting, through journaling, and using this time to cry out for a miracle, or even a simple hint at an answer. I felt hopeless. Nevertheless, life continued as it does. 
My freshman year of school, I ditched St. Louis and moved all the way out to Arizona. And by then, I had nearly given up on searching for an answer. None of the treatments were working. I hadn't received a diagnosis. And by this time, my symptoms continued and even worsened. I couldn't make it through a full day without laying down, experiencing such intense pain that I decided to apply for student disability to make my symptoms more manageable. At my school, they had a little prayer chapel. And of course, this was not the popular place for college students to congregate and, um, and hang out. It wasn't a place to have social gatherings. But for me, it was my safe haven. It was my secret place that I would spend hours in on any given day or night. Those walls still carry the weight of my prayers that year. I pled with God. I even offered to negotiate as if I was going to law school with him because I was so desperate for a miracle, so desperate for a light at the end of this pain, at at the end of this tunnel that I felt like I was alone in. And it was at this time that I felt one final nudge to find an answer. After all, I was in a new state, 1,500 miles from home, new doctors, fresh perspective, maybe this was my time. And so I did. And I had no idea what was waiting for me in this little doctor's office in the middle of the desert in Phoenix, Arizona, so far from home. Finally, in September of 2015, I received a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. And the monster that I had been dealing with for four or five years before that had finally been given a name. God had finally answered my four years and counting prayer And I thought that life was going to get so much better from there. But of course, that's my version of the story. God always has a different plan for us. Now, it's 2021, present day. That was six years ago I received that diagnosis. And the reality is that I'm still battling widespread chronic pain. I'm still on a journey to improve my health. And there is no cure for fibromyalgia. But the reality is, that God is still here in the midst of this. I've learned a couple things since then, as you do when you're in pain every single day for six years. And the first thing being that being a victim to my pain is the easy way out. It always is. Being a victim to anything is the easy way out. Giving in to daily weakness is even more tempting, and I've done that more times than I can count because I am human. But the eternal perspective is that God has already claimed victory over this seemingly hopeless, cureless condition. Jesus didn't allow death, a very human ending, to claim victory over him. The season of Lent is about allowing God to seep into every part of our lives, knowing that he has a plan to restore and to redeem. That is the promise I hold on to through my pain. God has a plan for the good, the bad, the ugly in my life. God has already used this pain, my story, for the good of his kingdom. In the midst of this, I am encouraged by the passage Romans 5, 3 through 4. So encouraged, actually, that I had someone scribble it on my arm permanently as a tattoo. It says this, Rejoice in your sufferings, for sufferings produce perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. So in the pain, I rejoice. 
in my daily sufferings, in my symptoms, in my frustrations, I rejoice. In my chronic condition, I rejoice. Just as Jesus made good of his suffering on the cross, I trust in the good that God will bring through my pain. After all, God is changing our hopeless narratives into stories of hope. And hope gets the final word. Thank you for listening to my story. There is something so powerful about hearing someone share their story. And although I get to work with Annalise, I didn't, I didn't know all those details. A couple of things came to mind, though, as, as she was sharing. One is there's a story in the Gospels of Jesus long before he's headed to the cross where he encounters a woman who's been suffering for a number of years. And it says that she suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all that she had. And yet, instead of getting better, she got worse. And it just amazes me that still in our modern times, you know, people are struggling with medical conditions that they don't, they don't have answers to and pain that can't be healed. And um, as, as Jesus met that woman that day in the scriptures and finally brought her journey to a point of healing, I, I couldn't help but hear Annalise and just, and just pray that God would bring her to a point of healing. And I think that's what makes living so hard sometimes, that we're living through the pain. We're living, it's so easy, as Annalise said, we're, it's so easy to live as a victim and we're living through the pain. And I think even this, you know, that we're at the second station of the cross. We're at the very beginning of Jesus's journey to the cross and there's already been so much pain. And of course, Jesus being the son of God, he's, he had some sort of awareness of what he was gonna go through. We know that he was anticipating it in the garden of Gethsemane shortly before all these things happened. But I mean, if he had known every step specifically what it held, um, if he did know that, that must've been so daunting to realize that the pain he was experiencing at this moment was was gonna endure and it was gonna intensify and it was gonna go on. And yet, um, as we heard Annalise say, um, it's easy to think of ourselves as a victim, but, but Jesus wasn't caught up in his victimhood. He was caught up in the victory that God was going to give him. He knew that God would not forsake him and that he would rise again. In fact, I've always been struck by the words in Hebrews. Uh, I think it's Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, who for the joy set before him he, Jesus, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, even while Jesus was going through all this pain, he knew there was a victory ahead of him. He, he knew that the shame of the cross was temporary and that God had something better for him in the future. And so through the pain, he found joy. He found joy not only knowing that there was victory at the end, but he knew that God would not waste his pain. And so... um. As we bring this to a close tonight, um, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you just to take a moment, and maybe you need to close your eyes so you're not distracted. Um, I'd like you to take a moment and just close your eyes and, and go ahead and reflect on a present source of pain in your life. And it's probably not hard for you to think of that thing. It's probably not you know, hard, you don't have to search very long. For most of us, if we're in pain, it's, it's, right, it's right at the forefront of our mind. It's never far away. And um, I just want to take a moment first to pray that God might bring you victory, that he might heal you, that he might set you free from that. 
But I also want to take a moment and ask God not to waste any of this pain for your formation and for your growth and for even his self-revelation, him revealing his kindness and grace and goodness to you. So uh, with your eyes closed, I just want you to visualize, think about that source of pain. And then let me pray for you. God in heaven, uh, we know that pain is a regular part of life, but but living with pain, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain, whatever it is, Lord, it's, it's difficult. And Lord, I pray that you would look upon your people who are suffering right now, and we're all suffering in different ways, and that you would see fit to come and, and comfort us in our pain, yes, but Lord, also bring healing to us. Just like you did to the woman in the Gospels who suffered long enough, you, you said enough, and you brought healing to her. Lord, I, I pray for healing for my friend Annalise. I pray for healing for all of us, that you would restore us. But Lord, while we wait on you for ultimate victory and healing, here's also my prayer, that you would not waste any of the pain, that you would truly use it to form us and shape us, that God, through our pain, you would take us into a deeper understanding of your love and your power at work within us, even while we're suffering. And God, that you would give us the ability to find joy, even in our pain, even in these circumstances, knowing that you will not waste it. So Lord, right now, if any of us are just, are just worn out and exhausted from living in pain, I pray that right now, right now, you would speak over us a promise. You'd speak over us a promise of, of an eventual victory someday, if not in this life, and certainly when you come again. But Lord, I pray that you would also speak over us um, just a word of promise that none of this is going to be wasted. God, remind us right now that our pain is not pointless in your hands. And although it feels tiresome and it feels pointless, in your hands, you will accomplish something through it. So God, just speak over us that promise. Give us that confidence right now that we might find joy even in our sufferings, not because our sufferings are good, but because you are good and you don't waste anything. Lord, above all, I thank you that you walked this journey of pain, humiliation. You did it. You're not standing outside of this experience that we know. You, you experienced it yourself far greater than anything I've ever experienced and most of us have experienced. You went through it for us so that we have one in you who understands, who can sympathize, who can empathize, who can walk with us. Thank you for being present with us as we walk through our own journeys. Thank you for joining your journey to ours. We love you and we praise you in Jesus. Amen. I hope that maybe just tonight that gives you a little bit of confidence in the middle of your pain and gives you some expectation and hope as you wait on God for victory, whether it's in this life or the life of the world to come. He will be victorious. He has been in the past and he will continue to be and ultimate victory is coming someday in the future. Just continue to wait in hope. I also hope that you join us back next week for these midweek services. There's a lot more stations to cover, a lot more truth, a lot, a lot, a lot more stories for you to hear from people who are part of the Pathfinder family who will share with you in their journey, and, and maybe it'll trigger some thoughts for you too. May God bless you tonight, give you rest, 
give you peace, and give you deeper closeness with Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Pathfinder Church Message Podcast. If you would like to hear more messages like this, hit the subscribe button. You can also find more resources at our website, pathfinderstl.org.